0: the book of luke we've all probably already heard this uh perhaps heard that this this season uh, if not you will hear it I'm sure before this christmas season is over and this is the we, in luke we find the uh the most popular account of the what we refer to as the christmas story and as we begin to read from luke uh in chapter 1 begin reading at verse 26 it says in the six months of Elizabeth, this is Mary's cousin, in the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a woman, excuse me, to a man named, that's bad, to a man named Joseph. A virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. There's some significant things there I want you to see. She was a virgin, meaning she had never had a relationship with a man. Secondly, she was pledged. She had probably been pledged to Joseph most of her life, as was the custom of that time. A man named Joseph, who was a descendant of David, which is prophetic. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored the Lord is with you. Now, I, I read and I've read, so I've read and I've heard uh, people that have been visited by angels and they've saw angels. And maybe, probably every one of us in this room has has entertained angels unaware. And, you know, meaning we didn't even realize it. But the fact of the matter is, I've never had an archangel. I've never had a Gabriel or a Michael come and wake me up in the middle of the night. More than likely, you haven't either. It's hard for us to imagine this experience in our minds because we've never had any experiences like that. But then, verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So, there's your evidence. She was greatly troubled. She didn't know what was going on. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. See, where it's important, fulfilling the prophecy, Joseph was a descendant of David. The father will, he will, the Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom, notice this, his kingdom will never end. You know, recently the Queen of England died. Y'all catch that in the news and everything. How old was she? 97? Something like that. You know, she'd been in reign for what, like 75 years? You know, she'd been doing that longer than I am old. Everybody can't say that in this room, bless your hearts. I'm proud that I can. But you know what? Somebody else is fulfilling her position on the throne. But nobody will ever fill Jesus' position is what they're saying. His kingdom will never end. And then the silence of Mary is broken and she asks a question. How would this be since I am a virgin? Now, when we, when we think about this, this, this doesn't make sense, okay? This doesn't make sense. If you think it doesn't make sense to you, how do you think, how much sense do you think it made to Mary? This doesn't make sense to you. How much sense does you think it made to Mary? See, we're familiar with this story. It's it's uh, the account of the Annunciation. Is what this would be called, and it's 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 Mary is probably somewhere in a neighborhood. It's believed to be around thirteen to fifteen years old. She was just a kid by today's standards. She's been pledged by her family to this fine young man, Joseph which is a descendant of David, which means that he's probably somewhat successful. There's great potential for this young lady. And from what history and tradition teaches us, uh, Joseph was probably several years older than Mary. And Joseph has already established his life. Man, what a catch. Mary is set to do good in life. Patiently... He was waiting for his fair young maiden to become of Marian age. And there was a, of course, other times of purity and and what have you that she would go through, purification that she would go through. But without expectation, Mary, this young damsel in waiting receives an angelic visit. Not just any messenger but a messenger angel a messenger of the lord a uh a a high ranking angel uh, appears with the news that mary pretty soon you are going to find out that you're pregnant despite the fact that she had never been with a man now you hear all kinds of stories and accounts in today's time that sometimes Ladies find themselves expecting and they don't know how it happened. Well, I've got a pretty good idea. Okay? But this was an immaculate conception. For not only is, is the pregnancy foretold, but the sex of the child is foretold. The gender, there wasn't any confusion by the way. The sex or the gender of the child is foretold and not only is that foretold and not, not by the means of, uh, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, medical science, but it's also declared that this male child is going to be declared to be the promised Messiah or the savior of the world that this Jewish girl and all of her family and all of Joseph's family has heard about all these generations as suddenly all this is going to happen to Mary, but that's not all of it. Paul Harvey used to say, "That's not the end of the story," because Mary, it Mary discovers that this son is going to suffer, this son is going to be broken. But wait a minute! Isn't the the Messiah? Isn't the Messiah supposed to be the King? Didn't the angel just say that his kingdom, his rule would never end? I'm so I'm so confused. I I I don't understand. None of this just doesn't make sense. And then, how is she going to tell Joseph? How are you? Going to tell this fine fella that you have been engaged to since probably you were a very young girl. You have been betrothed to this man and pledged to him. How are you going to tell him that you're pregnant? You are pregnant and you're married and you know that if you tell him you're pregnant, you know what's going to happen. That he is, he, the engagement is off. The betrothal is off. You know that. So suddenly the potential of Mary's life is is falling apart in front of her, but yet this angel says you are highly favored among women. Give me a break. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense at all. Upon hearing this news, Joseph's mind no doubt begins to travel in the Thousand different directions. How could this be happening? Joseph is is th- if he doesn't verbalize it, he's at least thinking in his mind. Is my bride being truthful with me about this whole deal? Even 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 if she is, who is going to believe this? I used to do a song. I may do it between now and Christmas about who do you think could believe such a thing. Who's going, who in the world, in, I would say in, in, in all of God's green earth, but over there it's desert. Who in all of God's desert would believe that this gal that I'm engaged to has become pregnant, but she's never been with a man? This just doesn't make sense. Joseph thinks I must be politically correct. Uh, I must annul our betrothal, but I'll do so privately to save any embarrassment. Because he loved his wife-to-be. So so Joseph has his plan in place. Everything, he's got it all figured out. And then suddenly, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream. And he straightens Joseph out. He, he if you would, he, he solidifies and clarifies and, 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 and makes sure that Joseph understands that all is well in Mary's life. She has kept herself pure only unto him. None of this is making sense. None of us made sense to Mary, nor to Joseph, because they're, they're not superhuman people. They're just people like you and I. They're just commoners. They, they were just, at the best, maybe middle class people. I can promise you this morning, both Joseph and Mary, they were scared. They were struggling. They were dealing with anxiety. They were dealing with stress. I can promise you all of this unfolding was not an easy task. Not on that day, not on that night, nor was it in the days and weeks and months and even years that would come. Nevertheless, in the midst of all of the uncertainty and all of the stuff that just doesn't make sense, both of them trusted the angel that brought them the message. And you all know the rest of the story. The fact of the matter is there's times in your life and in my life that there's circumstances occur in our life. There's experiences that happen to us in life that just do not make sense. They don't make sense. Maybe none of us, surely none of us, I'm I'm, I'm quite confident none of us have, have faced circumstances quite of the caliber of Mary and Joseph's. But the fact of the matter is, all of us have faced situations that do not make sense. Some things are just unexplainable and seemingly and totally out of reason and there are no answers to the questions that are being asked. This morning I... I ponder in my mind the possibility. I just wonder if Joseph and Mary, either of them, or perhaps both of them, had ever read through the books of wisdom as they would have been arranged in that time and and read the words of Solomon in Proverbs chapter 3. When Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him. And He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body. And nourishment to your bones. I wonder if Joseph and Mary had read that. At some time, I wonder if they had sat in the presence of, of a rabbi prop maybe that had read that even if, if they were illiterate and weren't able to read. Maybe, maybe they had heard it read. Maybe they had heard it recited. I don't know if they did or not, but I would prefer in my imagination to think they probably heard that at some point in time and were reminded of it. But I want to remind us of that scripture this morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your souls. I want to minister to you this morning about five musts when things aren't making sense. Five musts when things aren't making sense. The first thing I want to share with you and I draw this out of those scriptures in Proverb, is the first thing is we must trust the Lord with all of our heart. We must trust the Lord. Now certainly it was angels that appeared. It was an angel that appeared to Joseph and to Mary. But yet it was an angel. It was a messenger. It was a messenger angel of the Lord. So therefore they did trust the Lord. You and I must trust the Lord with all of our heart. Now trusting. Trusting and faith are, are close kin. They're, they're closely related in their definition, in their meaning. And we know that that, that uh, definition, that biblical Hebrew's definition of faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. But, but we must trust the Lord with all of our heart. If If... If, if, if I go up to Heath and I said, Hey, Heath, I, I, I need you to loan me $50. And I put the emphasis on loan me $50. You can trust me. I will pay you back. He has a decision whether he's going to trust me or he is going to say, deny me and say, no, I can't. And he may not even say it to me, but when he denies me, he is saying to me, I don't trust you. Now it may be because he has to ask his wife's permission. I don't know. But, but anyway, but no, no, we, we, we have to trust the Lord with all of our heart. That all of our heart means everything that is within us. We have to trust the Lord. We have to give everything over to God. We have to be able to cast our bread, as the scripture says, cast our bread upon the water to see if it brings return. Throughout the Bible, whether it's New Testament, Old Testament, anywhere in those pages, you have to look at the Bible and examine and find people after pers- person, after person, after person that trusted the Lord. They depended upon the Lord. Even when it just did not make sense. You trust the Lord. You trust the Lord when you drop your last penny. You trust the Lord when you give up the man of God All of the meal that's in your barrel. You trust the Lord. You trust the Lord when you take your only son that was promised to you and you take him up on a mountain and you bind him hand and foot after you've made him gather his own kindling and, and you prepare a double edged sword to decapitate him in a means of sacrifice. You, 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 you trust the Lord to have a ram show up in a thicket. You see, we, we trust the Lord even when it doesn't make sense. Some of you got circumstances in your life that's not making sense right now, but you need to trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord with all your... I can park on that. I could make this probably into five messages, but I won't. And in trusting the Lord, we must avoid trying to figure God out. You know, Mary says, Huh... How can this be? I I stopped there in in the reading out of Luke chapter 1. Mary says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Well, if you read that story, most of you know the Christmas story. He goes on to tell her. He says, "The child that you're going to conceive is going to be conce- it's going to be conceived of the Holy Ghost. You won't have to be with a man. You don't have to be with a man. It's a it's a divine thing that's about to happen in you." Apparently, Mary didn't try to figure it out. God knew Mary's heart way ahead of time. Listen to you and me, and you understand. God knows our hearts. He knows who we are. He knows where we are. He knows what's going on in our life. He, somebody says, well, God won't put on more on you than you can stand. Well, I, I tend to disagree with that. God will put more on you than you can stand because he knows that you can depend on him, that you do depend on him. So don't say that God's not going to put on me more than I can stand. That's probably not true, but God will put on whatever God puts on you. You can depend on him. You can trust him with all your Heart, But don't try to figure out what he's doing because I've got news for you, you're never going to do it. You're never going to do you're never going to figure God out. God's ways are much higher than our ways. God has a plan for your life that you can't even imagine. God is doing things in your situation that makes absolutely no sense. God is doing things that you aren't even aware of, that you don't even know about that you, right now God is using your situation to change lives, to change circumstances in other people's life. You know what well, our problem is? We tend to think our Christian experience, our relationship with Jesus is all just simply about us and Him. But it's not because it's about us and Him and everybody else that is around us because God wants to use us to impact other lives for kingdom purpose and see them change for His glory and His honor. So don't try to figure out what God is doing when it just doesn't make sense. Then we must credit Him with all things. You know, we know that Scripture, don't we? In all things, praise the Lord. In all things, praise the Lord. Well, let me tell you what. Sarah had me decorating that nine-foot Christmas tree we have at the house a couple of weeks ago. The Friday after Thanksgiving that was, I guess that was one week ago. And I, we have hardwood floors in our house and I had that little step stool unfolded and, and you know, uh, you wouldn't think so, but I actually needed a little help getting to the top of that nine foot tree. And, and, and I, I'm up on that step stool and I go, I went up to step on that top step. And when I did that thing took off on that hardwood floor. It went that way and I went this way and my back hit the wall and my, other side hit the hardwood floor and my feet were up in the air. She said, Oh, did you fall? <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. And I think I'm, I think I'm dying, you know. <sighs> no, I jumped up. I've, I've done that before, haven't I? I? I bounced back up as quick as I hit the floor. But let me tell you, I didn't feel like praising God in that moment. <laughs> okay. I really did feel like praising God in this moment. You know, it's one of those moments where you feel like taking that nine-foot Christmas tree out in the backyard, you know, and light a match to it. You know, I, 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 I I wasn't thinking about praising God that moment. And I realized everything is not... Everything is not pleasant in life. And sometimes we're going through things we don't understand and they're not pleasant. They're uncomfortable. They may even hurt a little bit. But listen, if we will credit God with all goodness and all glory and all honor and even in the midst of yours and mine bad experience even in our difficult times even in the matters that we just really don't understand what's going on if we will praise God and give Him glory for everything that is occurring in my life and everything is occurring in your life He will be high and lifted up He will draw all men nigh unto Him praise the Lord when everything is good praise the Lord when everything is bad. Praise the Lord when you know what's going on. Praise the Lord when you don't know what's going on. But in all things, praise the Lord. And fourthly, we must trust His direction. You know, later on, a few months later, it was the Lord that gave them direction of how they needed to travel. Both going into Bethlehem, And as they left Bethlehem. We must trust the Lord for His direction. Now... You know, I've, I've known people that, I've known preachers that, that would not prepare. They said, oh, I just, I just opened my Bible up and first thing I open it up to, that's what I don't preach on. Uh, okay. So if that be the case this morning, i I would say this is what the sovereign Lord says about Edom. We've heard a message from the Lord. An envoy was sent to the nation to say, rise up and let us go against her for battle. Yeah. Now, I I think we need to study to show ourselves approved unto God. But yet we must trust the Lord for His direction. We must trust Him because His paths are always true. His path is always right. You know, in fact, I'm reminded of that scripture right now. "That broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is that path. Straight is the way. You know, it, it's, it's narrow, but yet it's straight. And God will give us His direction. We have to trust God's direction. He will lead us and guide us. And you may pray about a problem. You may pray about a situation. You may pray about something that you really, really, ju- that just doesn't make sense. And God, listen, what do you think about, what do you think about the guy that, that's told to go down to the muddy Jordan River and, and there to dip himself himself? himself seven times in the Jordan River. And this guy's already got a body full of sores. And now this nut is telling him to go down and dip himself in a dirty. And let me tell you something. I've been there and done that. The Jordan River is not some big, pretty blue, clear, crystal clear river. It's brown. It's green. It's ugly. It's slimy. And it is cold. And it really doesn't look like a river at all. It really looks like a little creek but yet it's the Jordan River but you see, sometimes God will will direct us and lead us into directions that may seem even a bit ridiculous sometimes He will say but listen, whatever direction He sends us into, I promise you, if you and I are following His direction and His leadership, in the end it is going to glorify Him, it is going to glorify God, it's not about you it's not about me, but it's all about glorifying Him. So, fourthly, trust His direction. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Then, fifthly, we must remember that God is not going to let us down. God is not going to let us down. In Deuteronomy, we find that That the Lord says, I will never leave you, or I'll never forsake you. Deuteronomy 3 and 16. I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. He said, I'm with you always. I'm with you. I'm with you always. You see, when we look at Jeremiah 29... In Jeremiah 29, we look there and we find that God has great big plans for us in Jeremiah 29 and 11. He said, I have plans for you. I have plans for you to prosper. I have plans for you to do good. Maybe not in the way we count prosperity, but He's going to prosper you spiritually. Matthew 28 and verse 20, Jesus said this as He comes down to nearing the end of His discourse. Jesus says, behold, I'm with you always. I'm with you always. Listen, you can't go far enough. You can't go low enough. You can't go high enough. You you can't go back far enough where that that Jesus will ever forget about you. You can't escape Him. He He knew where Jonah was when he was in the in the in the out going uh, west of Nineveh. He knew where Jonah was, and he knew that he where he was when he put him in the belly of the fish. He knew where he was where where he was when he puked him out on the uh, on on the seashore. He knew where Elijah was when he was hid when he was hiding himself in a cave. He he knew where. Where he knows wherever you go, whatever you do, he knew where David was at all times. Even when he was up in the valley of Engedi, he know he knows where you are. He knows where I am. He realizes where we're at. We cannot escape him. We cannot run far enough to get away from him. God knows where we're at. We just need to turn to him and realize that he. he we must remember that he will not let us down. He will not forsake us. But he is with us. was goofing off in here yesterday, and the Lord blessed us with a new piano. I don't know if y'all any of y'all pay even notice that I Madison probably did because she was playing it. but we this other one's a, this other piano somewhere probably around thirty, 35 years old. got a few little problems here and there with it. so the Lord blessed us with the opportunity to buy a new one. Thank you, and thank the Lord. But, understand, but I was in here goofing off a little bit yesterday. And, and I, I'm not really a piano player. I used to play a little bit. I can't do nothing, hardly anything anymore. But I was playing a little bit of that old song, What a Friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All my grief to bear. What a friend that we have in Jesus. All I've got to do is go to Him in prayer. What a friend that we have in our relationship with God that's found through the person, the man, God's only Son, Jesus Christ. You see, the need of trusting the Lord in our lives, it's never going to end. It's never going to end. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when nothing, absolutely nothing, makes sense, why did this loved one die? Why, why did my why did why did why did why, why, why did my daughter have a miscarriage? Why, why did I get? Why did I lose my job? Why 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 did why did God allow this to happen? Or why did God allow that to happen? Let me tell you something. Sometimes in your life things are not going to make sense if you're if you're not a believer if you're not a follower of jesus in this room this morning i got news for you sometimes your life is not going to make sense i know it's a bit corny but i love that bumper sticker that used to be out years ago it says i am a christian i'm not better than anyone else but i am better off I'm glad I have a friend in Jesus. All my griefs to bear. I'm glad. I'm glad to know that He is always with me. Uh, A late friend of mine, he passed away a number of years ago. He used to sing that song The Lord is always with me, He's walking by my side. I'm glad. To know that Jesus is with me. I'm glad to know that He is faithful to me. Even when I'm not faithful to Him, He's still faithful to me. That doesn't excuse me, but He's still faithful to me. I'm glad to know that He wants to use me for His own glory. You know, you know I mentioned the story of Abraham and Isaac a while a, a few minutes ago. You, you know, and, and we, we we talk about the faith of Abraham and how remarkable it was. But you know, it's believed that Isaac, he, he was big enough to carry the wood. He He could have possibly been a teenage boy, but he was submissive to his father. He wanted to please his father in every single way. There's more to that story than just Abraham, because Isaac wanted to please his father, even to the point that he, I don't believe he fought his dad. I don't believe he fought, I don't believe he argued with his dad. He allowed himself to be bound and placed on the altar preparing for sacrifice. He was willing. Mark that note down. I need that. That's a good message sometime. Help me remember God's one of the greatest honors that we can have is to give everything that we have to Jesus. This doesn't make sense. Mary and Joseph No doubt we're thinking. This doesn't make sense. None of this adds up. None of this adds up. And it didn't in their plan and in their mindset. It didn't even in the plan of the society that they lived in. But let me tell you something. Everything made sense in the plan of God. And because everything made sense in the plan of God, you and I, some 2,000 plus years later, are sitting in a building in Blue Well, West Virginia, and we can say, I am saved, I'm redeemed, I am washed in the blood because a virgin gave birth to the Messiah, and that Messiah was, was crucified. And nailed to a cross. And three days later he arose. And he walked the face of the earth in a glorified body. And then ascended into heaven where he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's there for one reason and one reason only. And that's to bring intercession for me and for you. So thank God it didn't make any sense to Joseph and Mary. So if things are not making sense in your life right now, I've got some words of admonition for you. Four four words. Don't worry about it. If it's not making sense, don't worry about it. Just give it to God. Let him do his work in your life. Trust him. If you'd bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Just for a minute. talking about her brother Luther. Praising the Lord through all the physical trauma that he's been through. With heads bowed and eyes closed. I just wonder this morning, first and foremost, the greatest need that that could be in this building today is not being secure in your salvation with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never called on Him and you've never in faith accepted him as your savior and that simply means he's, he's taken all of your guilt he's all he takes all of your guilt he takes all uh, uh, all of your sin sometimes we're scared of that word but he takes all of our guilt and all of our sin if you've never called on jesus then you need to be saved if you never ask him to come into your heart and believe that with your heart and confess that Mouth, you need to be saved. Maybe you're in this room and and you've been a Christian, but maybe you've drifted. Maybe you've uh, maybe you've, uh, you've been a prodigal. You've walked away from uh, your birthright, from everything God's given you. But listen, God's calling you home. God, he, he wants you to He wants you to come home. He's not He's not forgot about you. He's not a forgot. You may have forgot about him, but he's not forgot about you. So that's the greatest need in this in this place is is knowing that we're in a right relationship a saved relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't I'm not out to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to call names. I won't I won't, put, I won't point anybody out. But if you're in this place this morning and you would prefer to know because you're not sure right now, but you prefer to know that you're in right relationship with the Lord through and by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and faith in its work of salvation would you just slip your hand up nobody's looking around anybody in this room anybody in this room pastor I need to get saved pastor I need to rededicate my life anybody at all